Hello, and welcome back to a very exciting Christmas episode of Tuna Boot, brought to you by the Tuna Boot Boys. Now, some housekeeping to get over first, because we are all currently unavailable to record together till the end of the year, but that doesn't mean that you're just stuck with me. Oh no, we are Tuna Boot, we find a way. So, Jim, God bless him, moving out at the moment, really struggling to find some time. Uh, still getting all his bits and bobs ready, so he thought he's just going to take some time off. Don't worry, I've got some fantastic audio from back in the day, last year's Christmas special, just to give us that sense that Jim's still here. And Liam has recorded a lovely little song for... Uh, not a song, a lovely little... Oh, just dropped stuff out of my pocket. A lovely little story that I'll interject um, in between me talking about Christmassy things. What Christmassy things, you ask? I don't know yet, but let's find out. Liam, have you got anything to say to the guys before I start? Yo, Diggle, enjoy this one. This is the Christmas one. Woo! <laughs> Classic, Liam. Thank you very much, man. And we'll hear more from Liam in just a second. Before we start, I'd like to introduce our very special sponsor for this very special Christmas episode. Uh, today we are sponsored by Barry's Bobbles. And that's it. I couldn't think of anything else to say. Barry's Bobbles. Now, it's every kind of bobble you could think, which of course is the Christmas tree kind, which doesn't sell well the rest of the year, and the bobbles, of course, for your hair. Barry himself is a very hairy man, much like myself. So we um, got in touch at one of our hairy men clubs, and he said, oh, I've been listening to your podcast. I love it, Dougal. And I went, thank you very much. And he went, you know, I'm not too fond of that Liam fella, but I quite like the other two. And I went, that's one of them's actually me, mate. And he went, I know, because I said that's, you know, your podcast. And then it got a bit awkward for a second because clearly I haven't been listening to him. But then he told me that he's got a very special business and he thought Christmas episode, perfect time to mention it. Because now you're thinking, ah, wait, Barry, is this clever? Because everyone's bought their baubles. What are you doing? But what he went is, yeah, that's fine. But the rest of the year, no one's buying my baubles. They're buying some air baubles, but you can't make much money from hair baubles. So what Barry's got is he's got a very special deal. And all you go is you go to Barry's Baubles um, in the yellow pages, if you've got one. If you don't, you won't be able to contact him. Ring him up and say, hey, it's Tuna Boot, boot in your tunes. And he'll go, right, what customised bobble do you want? And he'll make any customised bobble for you. I'm talking glittery. I'm talking Christmassy. He might make a summer bobble for you. Have you ever thought, you know what would look nice in a bobble? A little daisy chain. Oh, he'll put one in for you. And he will use a mixture of soil and uh, grit, courtesy of MJ Supplies, to build a little bobble terrarium, which is really exciting and really interesting. So, for all your bobble terrarium bobbles and bobble needs, go on to Barry's Bobbles only in the yellow pages. Shop there now. Perfect. Now that all that's out of the way, I should also say to like and subscribe to this podcast. We've been doing this for quite a while now. We're on our second Christmas special, which is just madness. Thank you everyone who's listened so far. And if you could 
and you would like to, please listen to a bit more of us. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends we are friend. Tell your friends and your friends we are at real tuna underscore boot on Instagram. Just tuna boot on Facebook. I believe we might start a Twitter at some point. We're on all the different podcasting sites. Probably the one you're listening to us now on us uh, on right now is the one that you choose to listen to. That's Spotify, Ace. If that's Apple Music, fabulous. If that's Acast, fab. Just listen to us wherever you want to. We're not greedy. We just love being in your ears. So, I think that's all the bits and bobs out the way. Let's get ready for a bit of Christmas. To start off, I thought it'd be really nice to put a little message from Jimmy Boy in right at the start to say Merry Christmas to you all. Now, in this, he might not say Merry Christmas, but I think we'll all agree that the subtext is very Christmassy. Oh, I, I fucking hate Christmas, me. Yeah, all that. I like to go oh, around nice. to people's <laughs> houses and take stuff out of the children's stockings and then fill them with rocks and beat the children with them. That's what I like to do. <laughs> Thanks for that, Jim. Really nice of you to stop by and give us a bit of info there. I've just realised that I've sort of became a radio DJ playing our little best tracks of the year. And what we're going to start off with now is very exciting. It is the first couple of minutes of Liam's story. I've not listened to this yet at the time I'm recording this. I'm going to listen to it as you do. So it's a little bit of like real time what is going on. Then we'll dive into it a bit. We'll listen to some more. Maybe Jim will come back. Who knows? But without further ado, Liam's story, A Christmas Tree by Liam. Now we have a story about where the Christmas tree came from. Back in the early years of humanity, way before any of us were born, Christmas became a thing. In those days, Christmas was not about gift-giving, gift-receiving, or thinking about what gifts you were going to receive or gift. Christmas was a time of family and protecting said family, and the families back then were proud, fierce families. The kind of families that would, oh, I don't know, kill a man to protect their family? I mean, granted, there's not much they wouldn't kill a man for, but that's not the point. At Christmas, it was different. It was a gesture of love, and it all stemmed from one family in particular. Now back in those days, a lot of things were a lot smaller. The houses were smaller, maybe about the size of an attic, or the room all your stuff got packed into when you left home. Their dinners were also a lot smaller. They had whatever they could find, be it nuts, berries, the occasional animal that was admittedly probably a lot bigger than what you could get out of Tesco's. But though the animal was bigger, the portions were smaller, because they needed to ration it out. There were only so many animals in the forest, and it was a lot of effort trekking out to hunt them. The weapons were a lot smaller too. No hunting rifles, no bazookas, no fancy knives with metal that had been made to look like it was all rainbow coloured. They had sticks with string attached to them, sticks with rocks attached to them, and rocks with sticks attached to them. However, in some ways, there were a lot of things that were a lot bigger. Well, not a lot of things, mainly the trees. The trees were bigger. We hadn't cut them all down yet. Some were big enough that you could see them from miles upon miles easily climbable if you knew the right tricks. Their trunks were thick, like proper thick. If you tried to cut one of these down yourself, you'll probably have died with stumps instead of arms long before you managed to even get halfway. But one resourceful village had an idea, an idea so revolutionary 
that even today we still remember their efforts. Ever heard about tree houses? Yeah? Good. Now imagine tree cities. That's what they built. Tree city. Okay, interesting first part there with Liam talking about his tree cities. Very, very confused so far. But that's Liam's mind, and I really like these little short stories he's giving to us so far. I think they've got a nice Liamness to them. I think it's some of the best work he's done, to be honest. So, well done. Jim, you got anything to say about that? Nope, probably not. Jim hates Christmas, so there's no point. I love Christmas. I don't know what the favourite part of it is, but it's always good. All the food, all the booze. You go, it's a good day to have the excuse to drink as early as you want. And I think that's a massive part of Christmas. I don't think the Christmas songs really reflect that enough. You don't get one that goes, Oh, Granny's pished at nine in the morning. It's Christmas time. Daddy's pished at nine in the morning. It's Christmas time. Everyone's drunk at nine in the morning because it's Christmas time. Throw out the mimosas and have some hard liquor. Oh, it's Christmas time. Woohoo! Hey, it's Christmas time. Yeah, it's Christmas time. Something like that would be a bit more fun. Do you not think having a bit of honesty in Christmas songs? Because Christmas songs follow this idealised view that Christmas is all happy and it's all reindeers and elves and I have a mare decorating this flat with Ali because she hates tinsel and angels and snowmen and Santas. She likes Christmas but finds a lot of the decorations tacky so it becomes hard because all we can have is a couple of baubles of course from Barry's baubles and like a tiny wee Christmas tree and some fairy lights. It basically looks like a first year student's flat at this point. Um, and there's lots of there's lots of disagreements around Christmas, you find. You know, there's always a wee family fight or there's always who's going to cook, who's going to go over there. Organising it's a pain in the ass. Can you imagine a little Christmas song about organising it? Especially in a day where we have broken families. Or not broken families, just lots of divorces and stuff. I myself have quite a few in my family. Can you imagine when you've got to write that, you know, Merry Christmas, everyone. Going to daddy's. I'm going to mommy's. I'm going to granny's. I'm going to Uncle Steve's. I'm not sure whose house I'm going to go to. But whoever's I don't will be. Raging with me, woo hey, snow is falling, stopping me travelling. I'm stuck at home this year, no seeing a soul. That sounds lovely, actually, doesn't it? I did that uh, a few years ago. I did a Christmas by myself, and it was great. I had my pal Nicky come around, shout to Nick, shout, shout to Nick is what I said. I meant shouts to Nicks. Forgot the s's on the end of them. Um. Nikki's great fun. We had a good Christmas. We got pished. Then a couple of the guys who were working Christmas Day came over later and it became like a halfway home for all the people who had nowhere to go. And I thought that was really, like, it was just really nice, you know? Like, everyone was pretty chuffed, having a good time, having a wee laugh. We watched some Muppets, 
played some games, chilled out a bit. You know, it was just, oh, love those days at Christmas. And I think playing games is a big part of it. Because like, you get all the shitty games that you can play. Um, always great fun. Lots of different things going on in my Christmases that I love. But that's enough about me. I think it's time to wander back and see. Last time we left Liam's stories, they had tree houses. Or they made a city out of trees. So I apologise. I can only apologise for where this is going to go. See is after this. <laughs> It began as a modest little tree town. A few platforms around the bottom branches of the tree linked together by a few bridges. Lanterns carefully positioned along the bridges so that you could easily traverse the tree town, even at night. Then, as more people asked to move in, they began to build upwards, utilising ladders and pulley systems to reach the higher up levels of the tree. As the town expanded up, the founding families moved their homes up the tree, allowing for new families to inhabit their previous dwellings. This continued for years until eventually they reached the top of the tree. By this time, the small tree town had become the fully-fledged tree city that I mentioned earlier, and the founding families decided to merge, to absorb all the other families into one giant tree family. They were known as the Chris Mass Tree Family, so named after the Chris family and the Mass family that began this endeavour. The city was well kept and considered one of the eight wonders of the ancient world, This was due to the twinkling lanterns that decorated the tree. They could be seen for miles off, lighting up the tree, creating a pretty backdrop from any view. However, some people found it pretty annoying that some families had nicer things than them. King Grinch, yes this is also the story about the origins of the Grinch, decided his decrepit cluster of towns wasn't grand enough and that he wanted to live in the Christmas tree. So King Grinch did what any old king would do and gathered his armies to storm the tree. King Grinch's armies began to march in its general direction, which wasn't all that hard because it was fucking massive, and you could see it from a mile off. King Grinch didn't go with them because he was a king and couldn't be fucked. When his armies reached the tree, the Christmasians shouted down from the lowest branches, Oi, what do you want? The lead soldier replied back, We are here to take your tree for our own. To which the Christmas tree ladder extender guy replied, Well, you could fuck on off then, can't you? And then went back inside. Another barnstorming part of Liam's Christmas story, the conclusion hotly anticipated after that cliffhanger of everyone going back inside will be with you just shortly. Don't you worry. I was just thinking when I was listening to that because I'm quite struggling to take it all in. Um, due to Liam's madness, is I just, I'm imagining his face when he wrote The Chris Family and The Mass Family, and I think he was dead chuffed with himself, you know that. Uh, which is, you know, great for him. Well done, very clever. We're all really proud of you. Um, before we go on, see if Jim wants to pop in for another wee nugget of knowledge. <laughs> I, like, I like to have a nice cold box of bud for breakfast of a Christmas morning. See, it all ties in, doesn't it? That's what I was singing about that earlier, and Jim said it. What a guy. Thanks, Jim, for popping by again. I know you're super busy. Apologies for the people who sound like it's laughing in the background. Jim, actually, when he's by himself, plays me and Liam laughing in the background just to keep himself 
you know, motivated, keep his energies up because he's a bit of a bit of an unscrupulous fellow sometimes. So, you know, we gotta we gotta let him have that one. So if you do hear any of these in any of the gym archives that I'm playing for you today, then fucking proper radio DJ. Hey. Anyway, next up on Tunabur FM. No, let's not do that. I want to cut that, but I really don't want to have to cut anything. So it's staying in. Would we like an interview? Let's have an interview. Honestly, mate, Jim and Liam on the soccer meter, they're going to be heavy against that wall. They can't believe they are missing this. What a Christmas interview. Have you been doing any more podcasts? Can I just ask before we start? Oh, no, no, I haven't done any. You're the only podcast I listen to. Great, great. That's so good to hear. What's your favourite episode? I particularly liked the week about the birds, but I also liked when you used to talk about music. I get a lot of time listening to music, so I was very upset to hear that ending. Well, that's a shame, man, isn't it? Yeah, we'll hopefully try and get some more of that back in when we get into season five, once the guys have stopped moving about all the time and we can actually get together and record stuff. Of course, COVID dependent with everything that's going on. How's that been for you? Have you been struggling during lockdown? I haven't even introduced you yet. No, that's okay. Okay, sorry, I'll let me introduce. We'll start now, pretend just clean slate it. This week, in our Christmas episode of Tuna Boot, you would not believe this man had time to do this. I am joined by Santa Claus's rich uncle, Tom Claus. How you doing, Tom? Yes, I'm fine. Can you not say my nephew's name in my presence? What? Why do you not get on with Santa? Is Santa his real name? Yes, he had. My brother was very unimaginative. Well, he just picked letters, put them together. He was an avid Satanist. So he just rearranged it as a little bit of a laugh. Right. So why do you not get on with Santa then? I just, I don't like his whole stick. He's a bit of an arsehole and he's telling everyone, oh, I'm delivering presents to you 24-7. Well, no, you're not. You do it one day a year and you don't even really do much of it. What, what, what do you mean that Santa doesn't deliver the presents? Well, I'm sorry, I'm getting a bit confused here. Well, you know, he's got all those reindeer fellows and the other things and the elves, of course, they do have the work. He never goes to any of the third world countries. He's a massive, massive arsehole. Why doesn't he go to any of the third world countries? He doesn't like it there. He says it's too hot. He only likes snow. He only goes to places where it's snowing. So, that's... Interesting. I didn't think anyone knew that about Santa, that he only likes going to places with snowing. Is that why your family's based in the North Pole? 
a common in, in, indifference to fact you have there. I, I don't. I'm not in the North Pole myself. I, I live just down Shropshire way. Tom Claus in Shropshire. Yes, 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 yes. And let me tell you, Santa hasn't brought me a present in a pretty long time. Because you're 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 denouncing him on a podcast. Well, I've never done a podcast before. I don't think people know. They think that Santa's just this magical creature. Well, where's he come from? He will have a family after all. I am his family, but no one's interested in my story. You don't get bad Tom Claus, you get bad Santa. You don't get me popping up in an episode of Doctor Who played by Nick Frost. You get Santa. They're not interested in me. Well, I am. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Tom. Uh, Mr. Claus, Tom, Tom Claus, whatever you'd like to be called. What, what, what is it you do for a living? I am a reindeer farmer. Oh, so quite traditional to the family then. Well, we were all reindeer farmers back in the day. Many reindeer in Shropshire? No, I don't know what you're getting at. I retired a long time ago. Well, that's another thing I wanted to ask. How how old are you? Because Santa, it feels like he's quite old at this point. I mean, he's been bumming about since before I was born, since before my parents were born, so he must be... Yes, we've been cursed to live forever, but never stop aging. That explains the voice a little bit, um, rather than some sort of accent just to differentiate two voices. Yes, I do agree. Right, Tom, thank you very much. Um, Just to... Just to sort of get this along, because I realise you are a very busy man. Well, I'm quite a, a, a busy guy. No, you're not. You fucking podcast. I've listened to everything you've done. What's your ideals of reindeer farming then? And is do you do you agree with the labour that they're put into by Santa? No, 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 it's preposterous. Do you know what he does? He cuts off their noses and puts lights there. Oh, like Rudolph, yeah? Yes, quite like Rudolph, actually. It's the same thing. That's how that whole thing started. He was a child at the time and he just cut off a reindeer's nose and then plonked a little bauble on there. Hmm. Okay, so he savages reindeers, puts bobbles on their noses with lights in them, and then that guides his sleigh. Yes, and the whole bloody sleigh's on autopilot anyway, so I don't understand why he even needs to do that. Well, I have to say it's been fascinating talking to you today, Tom. Have you got any words for our listeners? Anything you'd like to plug, anything you'd like to say before I wrap this up? I, I actually think it's a bit ridiculous that you're cutting me off. I have so much more to say. Yes, I thought you might, but I'm having a bit of trouble bothering listening to it anymore. That's a bit impertinent. 
No, it's not, though, is it? I'm not very... I might... You might have lost yourself a listener. Right, well, I'll... I hope not. Please carry on listening, Tom. Oh, I will. I love it. I just love it. It's, it takes me out of the week for 30 to an hour and a half. I know, we used to do long episodes, didn't we? And now we just bumble about for 30 minutes each and hope for the best. Well, Tom, you take care, okay? Any final words? Fuck you, Santa. I want a present. Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Tom Claus, the uncle of the other Claus that I'm not going to name right now. Woo! And that was Mr. Tom Claus coming on to Tunaboot just for a little chat. I know it seems a bit disjointed and almost like it was made up. And he does sound a little bit like me when I'm putting on a bit of an old man accent. I can assure you it was uh, indeed the uncle of Santa Claus. Lots of questions, lots of mysteries, lots of unanswered ideals that we might get to later. But not today because I don't want this to go on for longer than half an hour. And I think we're at the perfect time to finish off the story of the Chris and the Mass family fighting the King Grinch in a Grinch slash Christmas tree origin story for the ages. Back to you, old money. The armies returned to King Grinch to tell him of their defeat. And King Grinch was not a happy chap. Did you try to take it by force? The lead soldier approached the king to speak. Well, we would have, but they didn't let us up. He was executed on the spot. The armies returned to the tree the next day with a new lead soldier. This time, they had been instructed to chop down the tree and kill everyone. King Grinch didn't like to be told no, so he instantly went into a kill-them-all mood. The king's armies hacked and sawed at the base of the tree for a full three weeks, not making any progress. The Christmasians jeering at them the entire time, throwing shit at them for a bit of fun. Literal shit at that. It was quite the ordeal for the king's men, but they had their orders. Eventually, after the three weeks, they gave up and returned to King Grinch. Why are you back? Is it done? We couldn't do it, sire. The men are broken. The tree is too thick. From what I'm hearing, the only thing here that is thick is you, lead soldier. How dare you return without completing your orders? The next day, the soldiers returned to the tree. This time, King Grinch returned with them. They marched right on up to the base of the tree, and the king began to make his demands. The tree is mine now, Christmasians. Come on down and I shall be merciful. He turned to make a face at his new lead soldier to hint that this wouldn't be the case. But by this time the Christmasians had just about enough and had crept down to the forest floor to ambush the army. Every soldier was slaughtered, ripped apart by the finest tree fighters, disemboweled, decapitated, all except for the king who was now pissing himself, cowering upon the forest floor. The pulley system dropped down and all the bodies were collected and dumped onto the lift. King Grinch was shackled, blindfolded and pushed onto the piles of heads and entrails. He cried to himself the entire way up the tree. The next day, his blindfold was finally removed. He knew he had been chained to something during the night, but he had no idea what. It was freezing. 
As his eyes adjusted to the light, a voice started speaking. King Grinch, for crimes against family Christmas, you and all your followers have been sentenced to death and will be made an example of. King Grinch for the first time saw that he was tied to a giant X shape and that he was extremely high up. Your men have already been displayed and if you look down, he looked down. I can't believe he looked down. As King Grinch's eyes adjusted, he began to notice the disembodied heads of his men dangling from the branches and the entrails strewn across the tree for all to see. It was barbaric, it was cruel, it was all terribly horrifying. He threw up. Grinch, you are to be crucified and burned at the stake atop this tree for all the land to see, that the Christmas family are not to be fucked with. Please, no. No, Mika Grovel will halt this. You will die now. And with that, they doused him in oil and let the former king on fire. His screams echoed across the land, far and wide, as his flesh melted from his bones. The freezing cold wind did not help, cooling the burns as the flames ravaged his body. He died in agony atop the Christmas family tree, lighting up the forest like a bright star. And that, boys and girls, is the origin of the Christmas tree. Tune in next year for the story of St Nicholas and the Catholic Church and why it's still an issue today. And remember that the next time you're putting up your tree, that all the tinsel and baubles are the entrails and severed heads of your enemies. Merry Christmas and good night. Well, that certainly was a story. Thank you very much, Liam. For that, I'm really not sure how to feel about that one, Mick, but I think, I think I really enjoyed it. Um, the origin story for the Grinch weirdly features his death, which I'll slide by, uh, unless you're saying that Dr. Zeus made that whole thing up and you're telling history. And the Christmas tree, yeah, certainly a turn on baubles and tinsel. I'm now sort of understanding maybe that's what Ali's heard and that's why she's not a big fan of tinsel because it reminds her of the entrails of the dead something new I suppose that we learn every day and it's with that note that our Christmas special ends (laughs) blood death and gore I'm so sorry I wish I'd listened to this earlier I could have got him to change at least he had some really festive shit sleigh bells afterwards (laughs) Pale in comparison to the story. Oh, Liam, don't we love you? Thank you for listening. Jim, do you have any last words for us? Thanks. That was fun. I hope I haven't offended anyone. Don't take anything I've said too seriously. I hope you do have a lovely Christmas. Listening to whatever music you want, watching whatever films you want. You know, being surrounded by the people you love with a nice cold bottle of bud. Thanks, Jim, and thanks once again, everyone, for listening to this very Christmassy episode of Tuna Boot, coming to you on the 21st of December, three days left of those sweet, sweet Advent calendars before we wrap up for Christmas. Again, like and subscribe. It's been a tough year. Looks like it might get tougher again. We're going to continue doing this in whatever shape. I think we're proving that now. No matter what, we're going to push out something every week and try and make you all have a bit of a laugh and enjoy it. Over the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a couple more 
uh, bits and bobs of me and Liam doing stuff. Jim's not really free, so he'll meet us back in the new year and we'll get our true Jim back. Other than little slices, little nuggets of knowledge from the one true Jim. I... It's Christmas, as Jim said, listen to whatever music you want. That's our album recommendation this week, because I can't think of one off the top of my head. This has been Tuna Boot. You've been lovely. Have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, Merry Skoosh, Merry Skoosh, and a happy, happy Belush. Thank you very much. Good night. Skish, skish, belush, motherfuckers. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Love you and good night. To all of you, good night. Who have you been? I've been Liam. I'm Diggle. And I'm Mac Daddy Scrooge for one night only. (laughs) Peace. (laughs)